Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 achievers growing our lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Thanks to Splendid Spoon for supporting Earn Your Happy. Splendid Spoon sends delicious plant-based meals and snacks designed to fit into your busy schedule instead of taking time out of it. Go to splendidspoon.com forward slash Lori for $50 off your first box when you subscribe to the breakfast, lunch, and reset plan or the breakfast, lunch, dinner, and reset plan. In the same way that we learn to talk out loud to people by our experiences with our caretakers initially and later our friends, that's also true of our inner voice. So parents who are listening, caretakers, friends, you all play a role in shaping the inner voice of others. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, my guest is Dr. Ethan Cross. And I was really excited to have him on the show because he has written a book called Chatter. And it is all about that voice in your head and training it how to become our ally rather than an enemy. And 
I know that if you are a human listening to this, which I'm pretty sure I can conclude that you are, that you have that same voice in your head that I did and you probably struggle with it. And it is the main thing that this whole podcast is about is really learning how to tune in and even hear what it is saying subconsciously to us and redefining, renaming, rewiring exactly what it's saying, what it's doing, and how it can help us instead of hinder us. So Ethan Cross is one of the world's leading experts on controlling the conscious mind. He's an award-winning professor at the University of Michigan and the Ross School of Business. He's the director of the Emotion and Self-Control Laboratory, and he's participated in policy discussion at the White House. He's been interviewed by pretty much every single news outlet that you can think of. So this was a really fun conversation, and I also found out that I have been doing some things successfully, which is really good, that he recommended that has truly helped shift my life. So you guys can take some of these tips and you're going to notice how you can just start to shift right away. Because once we make that voice a friend, once we learn how to actually talk to it and how to really make it talk to us, you're going to find that you're going to start being able to do a whole lot more than you were in the past. And this is a practice. This is my life practice. So, you know, this isn't going to be an overnight thing. This is always something that is going to be a practice that you're going to start and keep in your life. So let's get started. Ethan, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Lori. I've been looking forward to it all week. So you talk about a topic that I am absolutely obsessed with. We talk about it all the time on this show. So it's so much fun to have somebody who just wrote a book on it. You've been immersed in this. This is probably all you're talking about right now. It's what you study. It's what you teach on. So your book is called Chatter, The Voice in Our Head and Why It Matters. And it truly is everything. I've been so into this lately, even though we know it. It's funny when you get to another level where you are like so incredibly aware that there's actually, even though you can do the work, it's running your show. Even when you think that you are doing all the tools and doing all of the work in the morning or whatever it looks like, I was like, oh my God, there's another level that it's actually, it can get quieter as you get better. Let's chat about that. What, first of all, made you just really hone in on this topic? Why are you so passionate about it? Well, the experience actually started in the classroom. I used to teach a class here at the University of Michigan, which is where I work, on basically science's greatest hits when it comes to managing your emotional life. And the course is always a a ton of fun to teach. And the way it typically works is I assign readings, the students do the readings, they come in, I pepper them with questions. It's all good. They go away, they come back. We do that for like 10 or so weeks, maybe a little bit more. And then the final assignment each time I teach the class is, the students are asked to come with any questions that they have for me. So we switch the roles. And the idea is, look, you've just learned all about what science teaches us when it comes to managing our emotions, to managing that voice inside our head. So what do you want to know before you leave that we haven't covered? And the last time I taught this course, a student raised her hand. She was actually, when she raised her hand, she was, she was kind of upset looking when she did so. Mm-hmm. She did it very aggressively. And she said, why are we learning about this now? And I had no idea what she meant. I thought, what do you mean? And then she went on to say, well, you know, we've learned about number one, just how powerful 
the way we we think about the world and the way this inner voice works, how that can influence us in all these different domains, negatively often. And and we've also learned about all these science-based tools we can use to manage it. Why didn't anyone teach us about this earlier on in life, when we were in high school, when we started college, when it could have made a difference? We're leaving now mm. and it's all over. And so the first thing I said to her was, you know, fear not, you'll have opportunities to manage your worry and rumination <laughs> after college. Like yep. I'm pretty certain of that, <laughs> but, but I didn't have a good answer to her mm. question. And, uh, you know, so I kind of cowardly way deflected, like use a classic professor move. And I was like, it's a good question. What other people think <laughs> about that? But it really bugged me. And so it really motivated me to write this book about what we know about the inner voice. What does it even mean to have an inner voice? Why do we have one? Is it always bad for us? Is it going to be good? And when it morphs out of control, when we start worrying and catastrophizing and ruminating, not that I ever do that, by the way, do you? Never. Never, right? <laughs> um, you know, what What can we do to, to nip it in the bud, to get back to life as we want to be living it? And that was a multi-year journey that was a great deal of fun and formative. And I've just been um, been so excited to chat with folks about it since the book came out. I literally love it so much because truly, if we can master it, it is life-changing. And I'm really, really, it's funny out of all of the things that we do kind of on the show and personal development work and talking about growing your business, it really always comes back to this. Always. Well, I love that you say that, Laura. I completely agree. Actually, I, I talk about this statistic. So if you were to put a price tag on chatter, and, and when I use the term chatter, what I'm talking about is we've got this inner voice, this ability to silently use language to reflect on our lives. That's an amazing tool. It lets us do lots of things like plan for the future and innovate and create. But when we get stuck, like we experience some adversity and we go inside, we try to like think our our way through things, but start ruminating and worrying and looping, overthinking. That's what chatter is. World Health Organization recently put a price tag on chatter in the form of anxiety and depression, which we know it drives. That number was $1 trillion. That was the impact that global economy took from the cost of anxiety and depression. So that, that puts in perspective just how powerful this can impact us in just the work domain, not getting into relationships or health yet. So I think it's a it's one of the big problems we face as people, as human beings. And, you know, the good news is there's a lot of things we can do about it. You talk about four things that chatter is good for. So what you talk about? So mm -hmm. you have, okay, let's talk about those. And then we'll dive okay. into kind of the different places that the negative chatter can show up and maybe talk about what we can do about it. So let's start with the inner voice, right? Which mm -hmm. is silently using language to reflect on your life in some way. I think this is an amazing tool of the mind. We should all be very thankful that we have this. And, and I'll walk you through four things it does for us just to make that point clear. Okay. One thing your inner voice does for you is it allows you to remember what the hell you need to buy in the grocery store once you get there and you can't remember. And so what I mean by that is the following. Your inner voice, it's part of our memory system. Like when you repeat something in your head for a short period of time, like what you're supposed to buy. So eggs, cheese, donuts. I don't know why I said donuts, but <laughs> I, maybe, maybe I secretly want some right now. Yes, your That's inner your, voice. Through that that, in there. <laughs> that's right. That's your inner voice, right? It's allowing you to keep information active in your head. If you were to repeat a phone number in your head, right? Repeat the following numbers right now. 209-0501. 209-0501. Now do it silently. Mm -hmm. No. Did you do it? Mm-hmm. 
You've just used your inner voice. So that is like a super basic function that your inner voice allows you to, that your inner voice serves for you. Your inner voice also helps you simulate and plan. Before I give a presentation or go on, on like a, have a meeting with someone, I will, I'll in my head, think about what I'm going to say. And I'll actually say it. I'll go for a walk around my neighborhood actually. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking to myself out loud. That would be a little strange, but in my head, I'm going over verbatim what I'm going to say when I give a presentation from start to finish. And then I actually, I hear what the other people are going to say to me. What questions are they going to ask? So I'm, I'm, I'm game planning out the whole situation. People do this before dates, before interviews, simulating and planning how vital are those attributes for being successful? Mm -hmm. That's your inner voice. We use our inner voice to coach ourselves along. Like when I'm exercising in the gym, I will use my inner voice to count down the number of reps I have left, seven, Mm -hmm. six, five. I'll use my inner voice to motivate myself. Like, come on, man, you could do it. I'll use my inner voice to utter expletives at the instructor who is telling me to do very painful things yes, in the early morning. Sure. <laughs> That's all inner voice, right? Mm-hmm. All in, And then finally, we use our inner voice to, to tell stories. Like when things don't happen the way they should, we try to make sense of, well, why did this happen? Why didn't I get this job? Why was I rejected? Why did they get dumped? And we use our inner voice to tell, to make narratives that mm-hmm. help us understand who we are. So this inner voice it's really, really helpful for us. And that's the positive side. So you don't want to get rid of the inner voice. What you want to do is prevent it from turning into the the worry, Mm. rumination, negative thought loop that I'm sure many listeners are undoubtedly familiar with. That is not fun, not a fun place Mm -hmm. to be. So whose is it? Where does it come from? Where do we learn it? Why do some people's voices feel like they cannot break the cycle? So where does it come from? Like so many things in life, it's a little bit of genes, a little bit of experience, and a little bit of how those two mix. You know, our parents and caretakers definitely play a role in shaping the way we talk to ourselves, so to speak, the way we reflect on our lives silently. You know, sometimes I catch myself saying things that to myself that my my mom or dad said to me when I was growing up. That's because in the same way that we learn to talk out loud to people, by our experiences with our caretakers initially and later our friends, that's also true of our inner voice. So parents who are listening, caretakers, friends, you all play a role in shaping the inner voice of others. So that's where it comes from. Why do some people feel so stagnated when Mm -hmm. the inner voice turns into chatter? I think a big reason is because, well, let me ask, like, did you have a class growing up that taught you about what the inner voice is and how it works? No, I think there are some people are, for me, sometimes it was like, am I a crazy person? Like, does anybody else have this constant looping like discussion? Right. Well, and I think, I think this is true for so many of us. And, you know, I mean, like billions of people are never taught about what this basic feature of our minds is and how it works. Let's take an analogy here to a car. I'm not a particularly handy guy when it comes to mechanical stuff outside of the brain, right? So (laughs) I don't know how to fix a car. Like the car is not working. My wife looks at me, you know, I look behind me like, you know, what what do you want want me to do? You're more likely to fix this than me. Yeah, we'll get along just fine. (laughs) It's very possible 
to fix a car when it breaks down if you understand how it works. And one of the things I'm really passionate about and a big reason for writing this book is we do understand how the inner voice works. We have identified lots and lots of tools that can be used to help it work better so that when you find yourself beginning to spin, hey, here's something you can do to nip that response in the bud, but we don't teach people about this stuff. Mm. Or when we talk about these tools, sometimes a lot of vital information gets lost in in translations. And so as a result, I think you have a situation where you have a lot of people suffering needlessly, and they just kind of, they wait to stumble on tools in their life, right? Whether it be, oh, I heard this could work, so let me try this, or, mm-hmm. or I did this and it made me feel better, so I'll keep doing it. And, and I think we could do so, so much better than that. And that's, uh, that's, you know, one of the reasons I'm here today. Oh, I love it. Okay. So I've got a scenario for you because it's very real for me this weekend. I speak a lot and obviously with COVID, there was a bit of a pause there. So I'm a little rusty. So I'm going to go speak this Sunday. So literally like right around the corner. And I feel like, and I don't want to be that person that says, no matter what I do, I still get like this crazy rush of nerves, which I guess can be a good thing, right? But I would love to control my inner dialogue a bit more before I go out because it is something that I love to do. I love to also like hopefully leave them with a great feeling, like something that they're going to be able to do after this or whatever that looks like. But for people who are maybe have like performance anxiety, let's talk about that because I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are afraid to start their podcast, to go on stage and speak. Like it can be when it becomes physical, that can be really overwhelming to learn to control it. So can you help us with that? Yeah, this is, I mean, I I talk about this a lot in the book. Well, let me say one thing at the start. So I talk about like 26 different tools that are out there for managing your chatter. And you could put them in different categories, like, things you could do on your own, people tools, environmental tools. There's no one perfect, one one tool that works Mm -hmm. for all people in all situations. Part of the adventure here is in figuring out, hey, what are the unique tools that work best for me? So I'm going to share with you a couple of tools that work really well for me in exactly this context because I'm a public speaker. I've done it thousands of times. I still get some butterflies before each Mm -hmm. one, but I manage them pretty well. So I'll tell you what I do. First, when it comes to the physical jitters, right? The physical stuff, like, you know, you got to go to the bathroom 17 times before you do that, right? <laughs> yep. you, ever, you ever know that one? <laughs> or your hands start sweating and your heart mm-hmm. starts racing. Like one of the reasons why that can get people in trouble is because we experience these responses and we then start interpreting as, oh no, I'm really anxious. Why am I anxious? Is someone mm-hmm. else going to see? And then you start looping, like I'm going to screw up and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. There's some great research which shows you how you can reframe your physiological symptoms of of anxiety in ways that can actually help you perform well. Mm. And what it involves doing is just changing the way you think about these symptoms. So like, wow, my heart's beating really fast and I've got to go to the bathroom. Holy cow, my, my body's preparing me for something really important. This is exactly what my body is supposed to be doing right now because this is a high stakes environment. And, you know, I I need to be light on my feet up there on stage, right? I don't want to have to go to the bathroom. And so what you're doing is you're changing the way you interpret those symptoms. You're not interpreting them as a threat, a sign Mm. that you can't do something. You're saying that, hey, this is putting me in challenge mode. This is putting me in a position 
to actually excel here. And that can make a big difference. I actually use this with my, mm. with my daughters. So my daughters are 12 and eight, and they're starting to do various things from public theater to athletics. And like anyone, they, they get the jitters. And I, I just, Hey, you know, like there's like, Oh daddy, my stomach hurts so bad. And like, there's nothing wrong with you, sweetie. That's your mm. body doing exactly what it's supposed to be. That means you're going to do even better now. And it mm. helps. So that's one simple thing you could do. A couple of other like very easy psychological jujitsu moves that you could do when you're waiting to go on stage. Put it in perspective. Like do something that I call zoom out. Mm. When we experience chatter, we tend to zoom in really narrowly on the thing that we're bugging, like that we're worried about or ruminating. Mm. That's all we can think of. Like, oh my God, there are a thousand people here and blah, blah, blah. What happens when you zoom out, when you broaden your perspective, you find that there's a way of putting this in context that can often be really helpful. So Lori, is this going to be your first talk on Sunday? First talk like ever? Or? Ever, ever. Yeah. I'm so, being, I'm being, I'm being obviously, I know you've given yeah. more talks, but like, so like how many times have you given talks mm. in your career? I don't even know. You don't even know. A lot. Yeah. And how many times have you struggled in a way that led to your company's implosion? <laughs> I mean, beforehand, I think it's happening, but it's never happened. No, it's, it's never happened. Right. So just, so like, you know, just zoom out, look at mm. that bigger picture, which is, look, I'm really nervous here, but I've done this hundreds, thousands of times. It's never tanked. And mm. once you remind yourself of that, that can help take the edge off. Another thing you could do is something that we call mental time travel. Think about how are you going to feel about this presentation a day after it's done or a week after it's done. One mm. of the things that so many of us have experienced in our lives is we often get really agitated, but then as time moves on, that agitation fades. It goes down yeah. and, you know, and so, but in the heat of the moment, we often lose sight of that because this thing we're experiencing chatter about is our entire universe. So having the wherewithal to just remind yourself that this is one tiny blip in the grand scheme of your life, that can also be really powerful. So that, what I just described, mm. is actually my 2 a.m. chatter strategy. So mm. every four to six weeks, I don't know why it happens. No scientist does, to my knowledge. I will wake up at 2 a.m. like mm. wide-eyed and be like, oh, my God. I cannot believe I said that in an email. And <laughs> and, it, yeah. and it goes from that to losing my job to then being <laughs> in prison and dying young before I could see my grandkids. And like yeah. instantly, you know what I'm talking about? Well, that's, I totally know, yes. That's the two. So what do you do when that happens? I get mm -hmm. this question a lot. What I do is, is what I just told you. I just think mm -hmm. I say to myself, and I've, I've made a plan, a commitment to doing this. If I get 2 a.m. chatter strategy, then I'm going to think about how am I going to feel about this in the morning? The reason that's so powerful for me is because without fail, I always feel better about whatever I'm struggling with at 2 a.m. the next morning after I've had my cup of, of tea mm -hmm. and, and I have my whole brain to think about a problem. It's never as bad as it mm -hmm. is at 2 a.m. And just reminding myself of that in the moment it takes the edge off and, you know, it lets me like enjoy a few minutes of Netflix before I then go back to bed. So, so that's another thing you could do. How am I going to feel about it down the road? The last really quick thing that I would do in your position is I'd give yourself advice right before, like, what would you say to your friend who was struggling with this? Like if they were on mm -hmm. stage and really nervous, 
and actually use your name to help you do this. I, mm. Ethan, what are you doing, man? You've done this before. Let's go. We call this distance self-talk. It involves mm. using your name silently, not out loud in front of other people, but using your name to coach yourself, to advise yourself. One of the things we know about people, we are so much better at giving advice to other people than we are giving advice to ourselves. Like a friend or a loved one comes to me, they don't know what to do. They're pulling their hair out. Very easy for me to give them advice. It's not because I'm a psychologist, right? It's not because I study this. This is a truism of the human condition. When we're not in the problem, we can reason about it much more effectively. What we've learned is you could use this little linguistic trick to take yourself out of the equation, so to speak. When you use your name to coach yourself through a problem, it's almost like you're giving advice to another person. And that can make it much easier to work through some stress as well. So there are a couple of, of tools you could use. I think we all have the best intentions that we want to eat well and we want to meal prep, but... I know that my life gets in the way and I tend to find myself ordering off of one of those really easy apps. But why not get straight to the good part with great meals that require no prep whatsoever that are good for you? Splendid Spoon sends delicious plant-based meals and snacks right to your door. It's ready to eat. It's food designed to fit into your busy schedule instead of taking away from your life. Splendid Spoon meals are shipped right to your door, ready to eat. You'll only lift a finger to press start on your microwave and every meal is customizable. So you get what you want every time. Each meal is 100% plant-based, gluten-free and GMO-free and always made with plenty of vegetables, healthy fats, whole grains, and spices from all over the world. Enjoy a fresh take on classic dishes like their fan favorite vegan meatballs with marinara noodles. Oh my God, I'm hungry right now. (laughs) Or take your taste buds on a journey with exciting dishes like cauliflower tikka soup. They've got plenty of smoothies, grains, bowls, soup bowls, and noodle bowls for you to discover. If you listen to my recent podcast with Cynthia Thurlow, we talk about intermittent fasting and how I've been adopted it into my lifestyle for years now. And Splendid Spoon is a great complement to this because the meals and smoothies are perfectly portioned and super quick to prepare, which keeps me on track and sticking to my intermittent fasting schedule, which I love. And it makes me feel so incredibly energized and I can think clearly to get all of my tasks done. Try Splendid Spoon today and take meal planning off your plate. Just go to splendidspoon.com forward slash Lori for $50 off your first box when you subscribe to the breakfast, lunch and reset plan or breakfast lunch, dinner, and reset plan. That's splendidspoon.com slash Lori for $50 off. So good. And sometimes even just hearing someone say, I don't, I don't know where I figured that out using the name, but I've done it for years. I might've heard it somewhere. I have no idea, but it does work. It's like a weird moment of separation. It almost like makes you take a beat or something like just get totally. you out of the spiraled focus. I just heard something yesterday it was like you can't perceive what you're in when you're in it like you have to actually get out of it to see what you're doing and it, that's what it kind of feels like for a moment that's like exactly stepping outside it. of yourself that we call it a distancing tool and we've done a lot of research on it like brain research and and, and other kinds of studies to show how it works because oftentimes people are like oh, this why would you do that but what's so interesting Lori, is that people have been using this tool for for centuries like mm. julius caesar Henry Adams, LeBron Hmm. James, Jennifer Lawrence. There are instances when under stress, they just seem to switch to using Hmm. their name. It's almost like something inside us 
knows that, hey, when we're really struggling, we should start talking to ourselves like our parents would have talked to us. Come on, Ethan, here's, you got to do this. And the research shows that it could be really helpful. And it's super simple to do. That's, I think, another, another important point of the book is that, you know, sometimes getting out of chatter can be challenging, but it doesn't have to always be the case. There are lots of very easy science-based solutions that you can implement. So good. Okay. So let's talk about when you are recognizing a pattern and your life is reflecting a big problem to you. It's here and it's now and it is in your life. Let's say we have either a sick loved one or we're trying to start a new business or we've lost our job. How do we start kind of coaching ourselves around the worry and the anxiety? You know, big picture is Mm -hmm. you want to identify the different tools, familiarize yourself with the tools that are out there, and then you want to start cycling through them. Some tools are going to be really useful to you. You find that tool and then keep using it and layer on some other ones. Like, I mean, I think I mentioned what I mentioned, the the reinterpret your physiological response, use your name, temporal distancing, broad out. We talked about four tools so far. You can implement those tools in like two minutes or less, and they can work together to help you. So start finding the combinations of tools that really work for you well. Like the things that I use are different from my wife. Mm. And that's fine. We're all unique. Our, the, our chatter is unique. And so we want to find the, uni- the, the best solutions. But let me tell you a little about another flavor of tools that can be really useful. And they involve other people. So everything we talked about thus far are things you can do on your own very easily. There are other self tools out there. But other people, I think, is a really important category mm. to discuss. It is one of the most valuable tools in my toolbox for managing chatter. But other people can be either like super duper helpful or mm. a tremendous liability. So you really want to know how to harness this tool. A lot of people think that when it comes to chatter, the way to get help from other people is to find someone to express your emotions, to find someone who's willing to listen and hear you out, let you vent. There has been a lot of research on this. And what we've learned is venting can be really good for strengthening the friendship and relational bonds between two people. So you and I had a, had a nice chat before we started recording today. I feel like I can go to you now. It feels, you know, if I have some chatter about this industry. And that's nice to know that like, you're there for me. You're willing to take the time to listen. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem. If all I do is vent about something Mm -hmm. to another person. So, you know, they, you'll never believe what happened. This, this person said this, and then they did this. And then you really, and what did you do then? And then I tell you more, if all I do is rehearse those emotional parts of my experience, I leave that conversation feeling really good about my connection with you and our relationship, but I'm often just as upset, if not more upset, after the conversation ends than when it started. We call this getting stuck in a a kind of co-rumination, where Mm. we're ruminating together about things. And there's been a lot of research on it showing that it predicts bad things. So if, if venting your emotions isn't the solution, then what is? Well, It involves doing two things. The first thing you want to do is you do want to take a little bit of time to share what you're going through with the person you're talking. It is important for them to learn about your experience, for you to feel heard and and validated and all that good stuff. 
But at a certain point in the conversation, the person you're talking to is going to ideally start working with you to help broaden your perspective. Mm. Like these other people, they are in the perfect position to help you find the solutions to the issues you're struggling with. So if you came to me with a problem, I would take the time. I'd listen. Oh, yeah, that that, that Midwestern guest on the show, they seem like a real pill. What they say? <laughs> oh, my God. And, and then, but, but Lori, like, think about how many shows have you done? Like, you know, have you ever had any real negative consequences from an interview or... Or like, well, how do you think you should you should repair this relationship? Like, what do you think you should do? Mm. So, like, I'm just trying to break you out of think, just ruminating about it to trying to find solutions. Mm. Now, there's an art to doing this well. If you're in the advisor role, like sometimes my wife will come to me with some chatter and she'll start she'll start talking about it, and I'm listening, I'm there for her, and and when I see my opening, I'll be I totally get it. I've got an idea. Can I share it with you? And she'll say, no, just keep <laughs> listening. And then I'm like, all right, I keep going. And then I try again. Other times she comes to me with a problem and I listen and I'm, hey, can I offer you some advice? And I said, please, like, that's why I'm here. Tell me, what do you think? What mm. should I do? So you want to feel that out. But I think knowing about these two principles, like listen, and then try mm-hmm. to broaden perspective, this is incredibly empowering because what it does is it provides us with a blueprint for getting support with for our chatter and for providing it. So I'm really careful about who I talk to about my chatter. Mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. don't go to everyone who I'm close to. They're like people I love and they love me. I never talk to them about my chatter. They're mm-hmm. just, I know they're just going to get me to ruminate about it. They're yeah. like three or four people that I really rely on and they are an invaluable resource. And then the flip side is if someone comes to me, a colleague, a student, a loved one, I know what to do. I've got a game plan for helping them. I don't have to just wait. And so so that's one part of how to harness your relationship with other people in a way that that can can help you. There's some other things you could do as well, but I think that's a really, at least for me, it's a really important tool. Mm, I love that. It's funny. My husband and I walk every single day and we always say to each other, we're like, do you want me to listen or do you want advice? <laughs> that's right. So you agree. So, I mean, that's fantastic. Like you let me know, <laughs> then yes. we're going to, we're going to take that stance and just, you know, like, cause then you're not thinking of like all these solutions for them when you're like, Hey, this is just silent time and understanding. And you have a very different, even just like emotional stature about you when you kind of know from the beginning, how you're going to take it as, you know, the person who's lis- listening. A- absolutely. And, and, you know, one other important piece here is like, there's been a lot of research on this. There's a natural progression where, Immediately after we start experiencing really intense emotions, we do want to just kind of start getting it out. And that satisfies these social and emotional needs that we have. But then we also have these what we call cognitive needs, these, mm. these needs to work through things and get some closure that are also relevant. And so you want to just honor that progression of how you work through those two stages. So interesting. Is there, do you know anything about the difference between like how male and female brain works? Because I talk with all my friends and we typically require longer to talk about it and hear ourselves say it in 10 different ways. And then finally I'm like, okay, I'm super sick of my bullshit. Now I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah. Now I'm ready. Like now I really need the solution. But my husband is like straight, straight to the point. Well, here, here's something that was really surprising that came that I came across when researching the book, which was the stereotype actually of 
like this idea that men don't have to talk about, mm. don't need to express their emotions, actually not true. So they too have this need to express their emotions. Now, I do think there's some, this is just an intuition. I, I think that men are more reluctant to do that with women than women are to do that with women. So you do see more co-rumination among teenage girls, for example, than mm. teenage boys. It does seem to be a particularly, you know, it's like a, a little um, Achilles heel, so to speak. In general, we know that women experience more chatter than men. There are two caveats I like to give to that finding. The first is the tools that exist tend to work equally well for men and women. And in case you're wondering, oh, does this mean like women have it worse than men? There are plenty of other kinds of issues mm. that men struggle with way more than women. So in the grand scheme of things, mm. it all, it all, it all. We're all even, out. you guys. <laughs> That's right. You might, you might okay. be a little bit ahead. <laughs> okay, great. Good to know. All right. So talking about the different tones of voices, because I come from an athletic background, not, not until I was a bit older, but then I really was like in the world of just fitness and competing and things like that. So I noticed among myself and other people, like we all go through these phases of these voices of our coach in our head or of our inner, inner voice. And there was a time where for about a year, like mean coach showed up, like you're a loser. What are you doing? Like, and that was really motivating for a while. I'm not saying that in a good way. It didn't feel good, but it worked. And then all of a sudden it really stopped working. Like that was not sustainable, but in that industry, especially, and I know that so many people go through this just in, in the entrepreneurial world, business world, and maybe a lot of men struggle with this, but I think some people feel like they will lose their edge if they're not an asshole to themselves. So is there something that's more sustainable? Is there a way that like, if that's the voice that you're using, you can actually either, I don't want to say get more done, but just like enjoy your life in the process. Well, you know, I think you, this, you raise a really important issue and it touches on something that I think is a, is a myth that is out there. This idea that we should always strive to experience positive emotions all mm. the time. Like, no, like I love positive emotions. Don't get me wrong. Like it's great to be in a positive state, but human beings, we, we have this ability to experience negative emotions for a reason, anxiety, depression, anger, all those, you know, goodies, right. So to speak in small doses, they can be quite functional. And I, I raise this because when you talk about how the mean coach could sometimes be really useful, I think that makes total sense. The science supports that idea. I've experienced this personally myself. Sometimes when I scrub, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You bleep. Like, <laughs> right. fix this and stop being, you know, bleep, bleep and do this, right? right? Like, that's pretty harsh. As long as that exists in a small dose mm -hmm. and is not an ongoing theme in your life, it can mm. be very useful. Just like when my high school wrestling coach, you know, kind of snapped me into action when I wasn't running fast enough for high school, you know, and doing laps around high school. So yeah. a little bit of firmness can be really, really helpful. What we don't want to have happen is having those negative emotions just transform into those loops. That's the difference between experiencing productive negative emotions and experiencing chatter, that ongoing stream. And, and we definitely, definitely don't want the constant self-disparaging statements. So we want, you know, so mm -hmm. the mean coach, there's a time and place for the mean coach. Mm -hmm. We don't want them permanently occupying though, the internal megaphone. Yeah, I definitely, it's, it's funny. I think my mean coach is, shows up 
very in small doses like that now where it's more just like, get off your ass. You don't want to feel this way today. Like That's right. Go. And, that, and sometimes that that's really, helpful. really motivating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want to feel that way. I'm like, why am I choosing this? This is not ideal for your day. Like you don't want to be in this emotion anymore. So let's snap out of it. I mean, so I will say, I think, you know, if we, if we go back to those chatter advisors that we all have, and if I think about mine, sometimes the best advice they, they give me is just to like snap out of it. It's, it's mm. the tough love. It's let's get your act together. Like, what are you doing? And that's firm and that's okay. So we don't want to eliminate that. Okay. Love that. All right. So this is an interesting question. I would love to know because I feel like that inner voice, you know, I believe in just law of attraction, thinking good things, but also I know I can't be in a great spot all of the time. Like that's actually not healthy to not experience the range. So do you believe in the law of attraction with like your inner voice and what you're thinking and what you're creating and pulling into your life? Like how do you create kind of opportunities and plan out for the future to attract more attractive things into your life with your inner voice? Well, I I believe in the experiencing the full range, the full spectrum of emotion. I like to live in the positive space more than the negative for Mm -hmm. obvious reasons. But when I experience the negative stuff, as long as it's in short doses, I'm okay with that. And that actually, like having this understanding that negative emotions are actually useful in small doses that actually has changed my entire experience because I don't beat myself Mm -hmm. up if I get a little anxious or sad or angry. In terms of how I I try to, you know, manifest opportunities and things of that sort Mm -hmm. with respect to life and my inner voice along with that, you know, I think there's some general principles out there. I, I try to always, you know, do good work, not phone it in, help other people whenever I can. I think that there's that feels good. It helps everyone. And I think that can pay lots of dividends too, though it's not the primary reason. And, um, you know, for me, I've always been motivated to do work that has the potential to help people in some way. Mm. And so I'm always asking, you know, how is this new opportunity going to help me achieve that kind of goal? And, and I found that as long as I stay aligned in pursuing that goal, good things have tended to happen. So Do you journal or meditate or visualize? How do you kind of like get your inner voice in, in, in check into a good place for the day? I don't journal though. It's a very effective tool for many. I've periodically meditated. It's not a consistent practice. I actually, when I was five years old for my birthday, I thought I was going to get like a new toy, but I got a mantra from my dad. Uh, So my, yeah, it was (laughs) not what I was expecting. I, I thanks dad went to the transcendental meditation center in New York city. And they, they told me that if I practice really hard, I might be able to even like yogically fly and all that. I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. Whoa. So, so I've, I've had a lot of experience with meditation. I think it's, yeah. it's great. It's a tool amidst many of the others, but I don't do it regularly. I do walk a lot often mm. in, in green spaces and I talk a little bit about this in the book. There's great research which shows how going for a walk in a green space Mm. can really help restore your attention and broaden your perspective and really just help you home in on what is important in the Mm -hmm. the big picture. So that's one tool that, that I engage in quite frequently. And I always ask myself, how is what I am doing how does it link up with what I want to achieve mm. in life? You know, it's easy to just kind of fall into the rabbit hole of work 
and then, you know, I think you find that the things you're doing don't connect with the Mm -hmm. bigger picture goal. So I'm constantly calibrating, asking myself each day, like, how is this relevant to what you want to achieve in the next week, month, year, so to speak? God, it's so interesting. It's so easy to lose sight of that target. And I, I'm such a walker. I literally just want to write a book that's 500 pages. It says how to change your life. And every page will just say, go for a walk. Walk, walk. I love it. <laughs> literally, yeah. it's it's life changing. But I love yeah. that you, I think when you combine walking with a question, like a question about that, like you just did, because we can go for a walk and we can wonder and we can feel really good. And it, it's amazing for you. But then when you combine it with a question about, you know, a desire or something in the future that you want, like, because it is so easy to get distracted. I think we're just so around social media and TV and we can really convince ourselves that we want something that doesn't actually align with what we want. So I love, love, love your question. Like, does this align with what I want? Yeah. And it frees up our attention because when we're doing social media and TV, you know, those can be fun in small doses, right? Mm-hmm. Or bigger doses, maybe. But they, they, <laughs> they consume on the Netflix series. Yes. Yes. They consume our attention, right? So it's kind of like if you've ever tried reading a book when you're worried about something, you read a couple mm-hmm. of pages, you don't remember anything you've read. Yeah. Because the worry is consuming it. So, you know, the TV can consume it or or the social media can. When you go in nature, it allows your mind to just be free of those strong pulls. And that allows us to free associate. It allows us to have new ideas. It's putting yourself in a position to problem solve and be inspired and to innovate. I can tell you that whenever, that when I was writing the book, it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done professionally. Mm. And it was just an enormous challenge. Yeah. There are times when I got stuck, like, this story isn't working. How can I find the right story to illustrate the science? Or what do I do about this? And whenever that would happen, I had a plan. I'd go for a walk. And Mm. inevitably, by the end of that walk, I would have some, if not a solution, a game plan for obtaining one. So, Mm. you know, that's side effect free. I mean, you know, I guess you could get a sunburn or mosquito bites, but you could could prevent those. It's a really Mm -hmm. useful tool for managing our chatter and for innovating. Oh my God. I literally did the same thing when I was writing my book and how, how funny, like how hilarious that you're writing a book on chatter and you're like, Dang it, there's chatter. That's right, that's right, that's right. You gotta love it. We we teach what we need the most. I I love it. I talk about this all the time, like I, because I need it. Okay, I'm so excited about this. People need this book. Who exactly is this for besides everyone? (laughs) You know, I think it is for everyone. You know, no matter who you are, we're all victim or, or vulnerable to overthinking, worrying, ruminating, catastrophizing. So, you know, whether you are a a teen, a parent, a CEO, a professional athlete, or anything in between or outside that. I think there are important messages in the book for you. Like I said in the beginning, you guys, to everybody listening, truly, this is the thing that every time I'm in something new or I have a new project or I start a new company, like this is always the thing. This is always the thing I'm overcoming. It kind of changes its outfit, like, but it's always here. It's a, it's a new voice. It's a new thing that I have to get over. So I love this. I'm so excited that you wrote this book. So where can we find it? Where can we get it? All the things and also follow you because you have a great Instagram page that kind of gives little doses of ideas about this and from your book as well. Yeah, you could find it wherever books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, independent bookshops, and on my website, www.ethancross with a K, K-R-O-S-S.com. 
there are links to vendors, there are some downloads, there's links to social media, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and all those other goodies. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. You guys definitely go grab this book. It is amazing. You're going to want to gift it to your friends, your kids, all of the people, because that truly is, like I said, if we can, if we can manage this, you really can get into anything that you want. So thank you so much again. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Hey all, I'm so excited to share with you, Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time 
of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthday.com slash Lori. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com.